Thank you for tuning in to the Guardians of Discourse. Today, we will be discussing whatever the fuck we want. I'm gender fluid as fuck. I never little guy. Do queefs make you laugh? Cute. Aren't they great? Adorable. They are. Me and Vince have cut off our dick and testicles and gave them to each other. <laughs> Look here, fucker. You stop when you fart. You, you pause. It's like an event. I'm trying to figure out a way to keep alive <laughs> in a post-apocalyptic world when we're probably in about to get 60 years old. I cannot love you this day, for I am gay as a meatball. If you think you're like it's always the Ben show, I'm just I'm the fucking I'm the fucking faggot laughing at Ben. That's me. He goes, if I try to find funny shit, it's just me laughing at you. Would you be mad if one of your friends like gave you some gummy bears? And then you're like halfway through and he's like, just so you know, those are my fucking gummy cums. Like I made those. That's my cum in gummy bear form. Do they taste good? Well, I, I doubt you would have went through half of them if they sucked. Well then, you know. I'll kind of, I'll probably, I'd probably, I'd probably ask him, <laughs> but Hey man, how'd you do that? That's just hella good. Well, it's a little cum goes a long way. You just dump it in a bowl and then put your gelatin and flavoring. You wouldn't know the taste wise. I wouldn't. I don't think so. Really? I've never tasted cum, so I don't know how potent it is. Because in my eye. Cum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if literally like sex is illegal in 30 years? Because you're supposed to be doing it through VR, you fucking sick primate dickhole. Right. You in know, order and then to not transmit STDs. And then you're going to be a fucking 60 year old fucking old school horny fucking, you know. That would be a terrible time. That would be a terrible time. Can you imagine if if you weren't able to have sex anymore like it was against the law it's against Man, the rules it, it's there is the law. no there is no way there is no way it wouldn't be more more habitually you're, broken you're gonna be, you're gonna be a target i know exactly you're gonna be a <laughs> yeah. target you're gonna put your uh so many your people are in on your on your wife's shoulder at the checkout and some fucking roided out fucking <laughs> new age justice warrior guy is going to come up throw you into the fucking lottery machine and tell you <laughs> fuck you you fucking old sex wanting fucker and probably then, and then your wife's gonna be like no no it's okay and he's like shut up because by that time it's literally going to be equal and everything is like all constructs of anything that we know now are going to be broken down. So everything goes aside from old Vince guys wanting to have real sex. <laughs> yeah. What if there comes a day when you couldn't keep your own kids? Oh, uh, like where do they go? I don't. That's that's the thing. It's like it changed. Something changed. You <clears throat> you get a girl pregnant. She has the baby and then they take the baby and they raise it in some fucking government school. Mm. Like you aren't allowed to have it anymore. <laughs> oh, geez. It's treason. That would be, it's treason that would be to have your own kid. That'd be fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Feels like that's where it goes sometimes. 
It, uh, to, to clarify, it feels like that's where the wind could blow. Like nothing's, nothing's yeah, close to that now, but it feels like the- it, it does. It does feel like we are having less and less control over mm. the out of, over our children's upbringing, everything specifically now too. But now, like I said, if you can kind of, you know, wet your finger and put it up in the air, it's like, man, this is, this is gaining some fucking momentum that doesn't seem like it's, it's uh steeped in logic <laughs> can you imagine if your teachers if your teachers okay you know remember when you'd go to school and you had that desk that you can open up you'd yes. flop it open that's where you keep your books your crayons your notepads what if one day you just open it up and there's just a fat fucking dildo in there every kid oh, has man. their own dildo and then you have to every morning after fucking the first snack time you have to, your teacher case whip them out and you fucking plunger them right in front of your fucking desk and then you have 15 minutes of your teacher telling you how to fucking deep throat in fourth grade <laughs> and doesn't matter everyone even the fucking asian boys where's where, where, where their, their, their parents are doctors and the fucking where, school is is fucking just making these kids blow suction cup dildos on their desks where's the uh where do they go on field trips san francisco <laughs> <laughs> to the fucking park <laughs> and that's how they make that's how they, they make the to, homeless feel they just better. Just go to the civic center. Yeah, that's how they make all the. That's the, that was the fucking community program. Blow the homeless. <laughs> that's fucking, that was part <laughs> of what we voted all, on. All the, all the pedophiles become fucking homeless. Yeah, that new bill. That's what it was. Fucking. That's the stimulus yeah, that, that was put in. Gavin yeah, Newsom signs the the blow the homeless bill. <laughs> There's a little bit of kickback when one of the fucking more adventurous kids decides to bring their dildo home and show their mom. And then there's a little bit of fucking PTA going on where they discuss, is it appropriate or not? And it's swept and then, under the rug. And then the teacher says to the parents, quit being bigoted, be more open-minded. <laughs> you know, Timmy loves <laughs> the teacher just gets right in your face. You know what? Timmy loves his cock. <laughs> 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 and the, the teacher had a little bit of a sweat on the end of her nose while she tells you fucking right in front of your face he loves his cock <laughs> like if my son came up to me and he was like dad i like dick <laughs> like yeah i'd be like oh i'd be like how'd you figure that out <laughs> yeah exactly and then you goes and then you hear that story and that's not what you're expecting how you you know <laughs> Every day at eight fifteen, we have fucking cock sucking <laughs> time at school. We she calls it cocking with teacher. <laughs> <laughs> it's called fucking uh, cocking with Mrs. Johnston. Fucking glandular motor skills. So, do you know what Mrs. Swanson did today at glandular mechanic skills classes? No, Timmy, what'd she do? Well, you know how you guys got your own dictionary in fourth grade? Well, we got our own cocks. <laughs> she just watches a YouTube video. Wouldn't that be weird? Kids. You go into a fourth grade class, all their desks are full of fucking dildos, and there's like five coffee machines. What? <laughs> what? What? 
Yeah, they're just having these kids drink coffee and practice fucking dildo play. And I think more people will go to college. <laughs> I'm definitely going to college if they're funding this, man. <laughs> yeah. Fuck rugby. Fuck the soccer team. Oh, what if they had a new sport where everyone just goes on a field and sucks dicks? It's like you get into good, a scrum. You get the into good, the they, yeah. They, the good players, <laughs> like the LeBron James, they're the ones that get their dicks sucked, and the shitty <laughs> fucking third stringers are the ones that do the sucking. Okay, so it's basically prison. Yeah, there's going to be a disproportional amount of racial fucking uh, equity <laughs> going on right there. There's going to be a lot of black dudes getting their dicks sucked on the field. <laughs> Yeah, the the physically the physically superior. Yeah, because they're they're gonna make the best fucking forty yard dash. They're gonna, they're gonna jump the highest. They're gonna have you know. It's just <laughs> yeah, they're the ones that are gonna be fucking trying to get their scholarship for getting their dick sucked. <laughs> the best part would be like the ones that are getting their dick sucked, and the people that are having a hard time doing it, and then the person laying there getting his dick sucked, trying to coach them through it. You got this. You got this. <laughs> Get the fuck on that field and you suck that cock, you stupid bitch. Are you a Spartan or are you a fucking fairy? Ah <laughs> oh, man, fairy. That was my that was my clan name was the Dingle Fairies. <laughs> Your Scottish clan? Nah, it was on, like <laughs> on every game I've ever played, you? it was always. I the am Dingle Vincent fairy. of the Dingle Fairy clan. Dingle fairies. Hmm. <laughs> We used to they are a part of the dingle fairies. We tried to catch the fairies and lick the dingles off their bum. Damn, what if that was a way lick to get them. high back in the old days of Scotland? You had to catch fairies and lick the dry turds off their butt. They're... <laughs> are dingleberries always dry? I don't know. The few I've had, they seem like they are. I don't think I've I ever always get had surprised. a dingleberry. I always get surprised. It's almost like a <gasps> like one of those things. Like They just pop out of nowhere. Because you don't feel them, especially like when you get in the shower and you know you had one and one just flops on the fucking floor of the bathtub. Wait, what? Yeah. Like you didn't know you have one and you go take a shower and then you fuck, you know, you ever do the thing like get into the shower. One of the moves is spread your ass cheeks open and let the water hit it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you do that and all of a sudden a fucking dingleberry flops by the drain. I've never I've never had that. Well, you shave your butthole pretty good. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why. I'm kind of a, I'm an erratic shaver. I'm scared to do it because last time I did it, it fucking kind of hurt my bum. Really? Yeah. I felt like whatever, when the hairs, how the hairs were growing back were like growing into my butthole and it really hurt. <laughs> See, that sounds awful. Yeah. That's why I don't want to do it again. But when it goes good, it's good. Right. And then, so how long does it take before you start feeling the uh, feeling the effects negatively? It was like two days, and then it lasted for a while. It's like I had a decent, smooth two days, and then after that, it's like I had little fucking minions nipping my fucking, like a thousand elves were just tipping their teeth, just biting my butthole. I wanted to ask you something, and I don't want this to come off weird to anybody who may listen, because I don't mean it in a bad way. Um, okay. So you and I have talked about this, not at great lengths, but we've, we've brought it up. You and I are both white men and we grew up in a place where we were not the dominant type of person. 
meaning how we look. There wasn't a whole lot of people that looked like us. Um, now, this is where I think I had major issues with girls was that I'm going to say the culture of the proximity of where we were, we were placed. You, I felt like you had to act a certain way in order to be interesting, almost like you had to be a member of the tribe and say what the tribes say and do what the tribes do in order to make yourself known as somebody who's uh, capable and, and available to do what you want to do, you know, yeah, do, yeah, yeah, do assimilate. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and I will say this, that's, I, that's I where, feel like that's I, where, that's where kids learn assimilation is in high school. <laughs> you assimilate into whatever crowd that you follow. I that's yeah. But that's the thing is I, I couldn't do that that well. Just cause there were certain things that I just, it was like, it was either against how I felt or I wasn't comfortable doing it. Like, even if it was like a phrase to say, it's like, I wouldn't say it right. So I'm not going to say it at all. This is dumb to me or whatever. You know what I mean? Okay. No, I did. I mean, I mean, I tried, I mean, I did a little bit. I wore South pole clothes. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I did a little bit. So, <laughs> but I'm just, and you know what? I feel like if now it wouldn't be, it doesn't seem like it's that big a deal. Like when I watch my nieces and nephews go to high school, they act their own retarded selves. Mm-hmm. And they're happy and I don't see them. I mean, of course they have their peer pressures and all kinds of stuff to deal with, but it doesn't seem like it's as bad as when we were in school. And I think that's where I had major problems was, uh, I, cause, and that's the thing girls do too. Girls are really good at, at conforming. Uh, they, yeah. Yeah. Unless, unless they have like autism or something, you have that girl in the black fucking Gothic jeans and she's fucking, doing windmill dances and listening to, you know, some sort of fucking electronic metal. <laughs> you know, there's right. a few of those girls. I but was, I was going to My Chemical Romance, but okay. Exactly. But I yeah. like My Chemical Romance. They're, um, yeah. And uh, I don't know why I said that. There's nothing wrong with it. I shouldn't even, of course, they're fine. But just there's a type of person. But that was not even, that wasn't me either, but I guess I can more fit into that. But how, just how my personality is never fit, especially when I got to like junior high and middle or middle school and uh, high school. And I had serious repercussions w- with that because that's when your fucking dick starts to fucking hum, you know, <laughs> like a, yeah. like a fucking metal it detector. Starts, yeah. It starts. <laughs> you're ready to fucking go. Yeah, it's true. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that, I, am I being, I do. Uh, I was, I was, I was the opposite. I, I attempted to assimilate as hard as possible. I mean, we're talking baggy pants with fucking basketball shorts underneath. Yeah. Right. Dressing it like all, everything matched as much as possible. My mom never bought me name brand shit. So like I was trying to make do with what I had, you know what I mean? Yeah, like fucking Spaldings. I never wore I never wore less than two t-shirts. Like I always had, you know, you had the one color underneath. It was like a white one underneath the the blue one, and then you'd have like the 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 black shirt underneath the green one, and it showed yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it's like the, it's like you got arm. a two tone. You wore like your white shirt and underneath had like a baby blue shirt that was a little yeah, longer yeah. or something. Yeah. White shoes, clean. 
I used to stuff my shoes like under yeah. the tongue, you know, so that the yep. fucking so that the, the toe crease. wouldn't get yeah creased. Yeah, and then it would literally hurt my toes all day, but it didn't matter because at least my shoes weren't creased. Yeah, and I mean, and my shoes weren't anything good. Like I used to wear skater shoes for the most part, but um, yeah. See now, how do you feel about like go like thinking like looking back? How do, like after you got past that? How would you describe your experience? Just a stupid kid. Yeah. No, I meant like, because as I've grown older, I feel like, man, that just wasn't me. And since I wasn't me, no. I, I was so uncomfortable during that time. I, I was always uncomfortable. Actually, in fact, so freshman year was the worst year because freshman year was nothing but trying to compensate for being a loser. Because you go into high school, unless you're one of those guys, you're a loser. Mm. You know what I mean? You're working your way from the bottom. And if you already weren't on top at middle school and you went over to high school and you're still bottom bitch, and now you're coming in and trying to make up for it. So unless you already had that rep, it was hard to gain it. So freshman year was really difficult. My sophomore year was the year that I met my buddy Chase. Shout out Chase Nelson. I love you. That was the year that I met my buddy Chase and he taught me, a, a, un- unintentionally, he taught me how to not care and how yeah. to just... Kind of like you led just, by example, you picked it up. Kind, yeah, exactly. So yeah. like we'd be doing something he'd say off the cuff shit. Like all of a sudden he'd in front of anyone, it didn't matter. And all of a sudden he'd be, he'd be just saying some outlandish shit. And I'd be like, Whoa, like you really said that. And then he'd just be like, who cares? Fucking none like, walked wow. by. He's like my dick sideways. Exactly. It, just <laughs> like that. Just like that, dude. And so it, and then I started noticing Plus he was he was a light skinned black guy, so like automatically girls liked him. And he yeah. was he was kind of like he was physically fit, you know. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of a skinny kid at that time because I was chubby in middle school and then I slimmed out freshman year and then sophomore year I I was slim too, but I wasn't fit by any means. Um but like I started adopting like he dressed like he was from Ohio, so like he dressed with just he wear like Jimi Hendrix shirts and John Deere hats with an afro underneath. Yeah, and like, I, like I would see how I would see how women and I, I say women because women like ran my whole consciousness. Like that's mm-hmm. <laughs> everything you were doing was to impress a girl. Like you yeah. weren't doing anything for yourself. There was not at least me. There was nothing I was doing in being cool that wasn't to impress the female gender. So when I would see how women would react to him and what he was saying, and they'd just be like, Oh my God, (laughs) what are you doing? Like, you're really saying that? Oh my God. Like they reacted so well to it that I was like, Oh, I'm doing that. Like a hundred percent. I'm going to be like that. And I'm not going to give a fuck what anybody thinks. And I started doing it and I started noticing that the more you make people laugh, because that's what he would say. He'd say outlandish shit and people would laugh about it. And all of a sudden he was a desirable person to talk to. And I was like, the more you make people laugh, the more people will want to talk to you. And even Mm -hmm. if you are the funny guy, it's like 
you're discovering your niche. Like it's it's like a it's like a certain little spot you can fit into where mm-hmm. you can actually fit in with everyone. Would as you say long as your, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say now, are you saying you kind of you didn't take on his personality, but you took on the lessons that you were seeing? Yeah. Well, I did take on his personality. So okay. I very much at that time I very much chameleoned him. Okay. So, so I was gonna say, like, started, if, would you be like would you be saying how you have because put it this way, I've never known anyone in my life aside from people close to me or my family that loves Fiddler on the Roof. You're the only yeah. person I've known that I can actually talk. We can sing to each other about it. You couldn't do that with anyone in high school, right? Uh, except for him. Okay. So, so that's what I was going to say. So do you think you were comfortable? Like were, you weren't yourself in a sense, totally like how you would be today. No. I, well, so before that, no. Once I okay. once I became, I'll, I'll say once I became him, mm-hmm. um, I adopted that, and then kind of made it my own. Like I would yeah. adopt his mannerisms. I would adopt just all these little things, and I was spending a lot of time with him. I mean, it was almost every day. Like him and I were hanging out. He would come over. I smoked weed for the first time with him. Uh-huh. Like it was, it was a regular thing. We went out on dates with girls together. Um, like yeah. For the most we were, part, that's a, that's a good influence. Be- literally in the movie theater, making out with girl. I, yeah. Also coming from a person who had never, it, that wasn't my gig and I'm with him and all of a sudden now it's heightened and now I've got, I've got a, a date. Like that was the, granted that was the only time we ever did that. But like it still was something. We were going to parties, dude. I was yeah. coming home late. My mom was fucking furious. But I was I was actually cool. Like, I, but I wasn't fitting in with the crowd that I thought I wanted to fit into. Yeah. I was fitting in with a whole nother crowd that I didn't even know existed. That was going to be my my next point, or what I was getting at was he's a good. In, that was a good influence because he was himself. Therefore, he was comfortable, and you saw that. And you took the the recipe he had and and started through time making it your own. But what I was getting at was at that time, you were very uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Before you took on that. And that's what I mean. Like, that's that's what's interesting. Him, whatever his uh, constitution was, that's kind of like cool that he was that comfortable. Because like most of us, like you or I, I was not comfortable at that time. Yeah, no. I wasn't myself. Like even even if he was to say, like if you were to talk to him right now and be like, man, I can't believe I wore a John Deere hat or a fucking Jimmy Henderson. But you know, I was still I was what I was at the time. That's I was myself at that at the time, and and that would be yeah, kind of nice and I'm, to think to think of as yourself. And I mean, I, this I is go back there and and do that. This is someone like my my mom. We would pick him up for school every day, and we would take him to school, and we would listen to Toby Keith in the car on the way there. <laughs> and Fiddler on the Roof because my mom had the soundtrack and we would listen to uh, Slipknot and we would listen to Mac Dre and we would li- listen to Hendrix and we would listen to like all these different genres of music that he was so accustomed to listening to and just like myself. And then, um, I mean, we would watch all the same movies. Like I watched Napoleon Dynamite with him for the first time because Napoleon Dynamite came out, which was actually the first time I ever smoked weed. We went to Hollywood Video we got uh, 
dude. That's we a got, perfect movie to do your first weed experience. Yeah, we went we went to Hollywood Video and Mountain Mike's. We got we actually played football earlier. So we got off school. We went and played football. Then we went, my mom took us over. We got Mountain Mike's pizza. And after Mountain Mike's pizza, we went over to Hollywood Video because they were right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Grabbed Hollywood Video. We rented Napoleon Dynamite. We took it back to my house. My mom, Pat, my mom and dad went to bed. After we were done eating our pizza, we smoked a fucking out of a water bottle out of my window in my bedroom <laughs> and then watched Napoleon Dynamite. And that movie was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen yes. at that moment because I was high as shit. Yeah. That's a, and I that's was coughing like combo. fucking crazy. That's a perfect combo. It was. And so <laughs> he I I will I will say that regardless of the of whoever he believes whether he was a good person or not whether he was actually that person or whether he was putting on a persona mm-hmm. what he did as that persona or as himself in that time 100% contributed to who I am and my personality now now granted over the years as becoming an adult you modify it and change it and it becomes different things different people create different aspects of mm-hmm. you um Things because, happening to you changes you. you know? Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not, I am not a product of myself. Like there is no part of me that is me necessarily. Like I didn't create this. Everything around me, everything, every person I've ever been in contact with, everything I've experienced, that's mm-hmm. what created me and who I am. Well, and, that, and that's, that's like I said, that's the recipe. Like, I yeah. don't think, I don't think, I think there's, there's, uh, there's ways where you could consciously change yourself into something you want to be a little bit. And I think that's maybe like just discipline. Like, Hey, I really want to fucking juggle, you know, and you're yeah. just, and you spend an hour a day, you know, on break time work and you have a fucking three little balls in your pocket and you juggle it. And then by you know, about a month goes by, you're probably juggling. And that's something consciously, consciously did that changed who you are. That was, so that was your choice. But I, that's, that's the thing. It's funny you, you bring up Chase because that made me think it's like, man, you need in life in certain stages, you need somebody. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't, that's what I, I mentioned with like Henry and, and especially Brandon, like he, it was kind of fucked up though, because I needed him too much, my my stepbrother, mm-hmm. because he was uh, two years ahead of me, mm-hmm. and so when I got into uh, my freshman year, I had him and his group of friends, and that's who I hung out with, mm-hmm. and I was I was fine, like because that that made me happy. They were small, they were interesting people, like a small group and interesting people. And then, so I had him that year and then sophomore year, and then he graduated. Then after that, I fucking fell apart because not only did he graduate, all my friends who are in his age, his grade were gone. Right. So then I was in 11th grade with no one, just a fucking man without a country trying to make sense of shit there. And it just, it didn't go. I ended up stopping going to school. Wow. And then luckily by fucking grace or whatever i found a school and i was able to catch up and graduate on time but that was i just the importance of him being there somebody who i could be myself with mm-hmm. was like it was it was paramount right 
Now, if I was, I, I would think I was back in that day, very, uh, adolescent and naive. Cause if I was doing this now, I would say, well, okay. I would see that coming first and foremost that, Hey, he's going to be gone. My friends are going to be gone. I'm going to need to figure out a way to, to entertain myself after this happens and figure out a way to, uh, to promote my own individuality to where I'm happy. But you just, it, that's one of those things you just end up getting that whenever you could be an old man and then finally like, Oh shit, that was the secret, you know? So I, I would say I found it in the last 10 years of my life where I'm truly like comfortable with, with myself. Like I said, I think, people like, like Chase, like I would tell you, he would probably say he's not, he wasn't anywhere near where he wanted to be at that age, but he did from what you explained, seemed like it was, he was still, uh, well, he wasn't searching for too much. And what was, sense. that's what, probably a bad way of saying it, but you know what I mean? What was odd was after that year, after our sophomore year, he started diving deeper into a different direction that was not the same direction that I was going. Mm -hmm. He was, he was going into a little more troubled direction and when that happened, we stopped talking. Like we weren't, we weren't really friends anymore, but I had, I had carried, it had already sunk. Like yeah. I was already that person and I was already acting like that person without him. That's saying like mutual interests were gone then right at that time, right? Well, yeah. Mutual interest was gone. I because still had, something I, 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 it bothered me and it affected me, but it didn't affect him that he wasn't with me anymore because I was the person that was relying on him at the time. Gotcha. Yeah. That and makes him sense. and him without me was going in a bad direction all the way until we graduated. And then, uh, when we turned 18 and graduated, uh, within a year he joined the military and he went into the air force and I got a phone call from him. And I hadn't talked to him since probably our junior year. I didn't even see him when we graduated. Um, and I got a phone call from him and he said, hey, man, I want to hang out. And I was like, all right, cool. And uh, he came over and I remember him telling me that he was joining the military. He was like, yeah, I'm going in the Air Force. And I was like, wow. Uh, he goes, you know, I'm, re I'm really sorry. He goes, I, I've been through a lot of shit. He goes, I've been a lot of places. I've done a lot of things. He goes, I need to do this to get my shit right. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm happy for you, man. That's great. And, uh, and he did. He went in the military. He served, he served like, I, I want to say like eight years. Um, mm. And throughout that time, I told him, I was like, I'll never change my phone number. So <laughs> make sure, and my phone number is easy to remember. So I told him, I was like, I'll never change my phone number because I know you'll forget it if I do. And I want you to be able to call me anytime, like when you're going through all this stuff. And I cried. Like I was mm -hmm. like, you know, he was going off into fucking at that time. I mean, we were we were being his troops are being deployed to Afghanistan. Yeah. Um. So sure enough, I mean, he was deployed. I don't even know how many times. And uh, in that eight years, he called me, I would say once a year, maybe sometimes twice a year. Mm -hmm. And then finally he got out. And. Ever since then, like he always says to me, he's always like, man, I'm so glad you kept your phone number. He goes, because I didn't have anybody to talk to oh, wow. other than his wife because mm -hmm. he, he did get married when he joined the Air Force. 
He's like, but other than, you know, that you're the only person that I, that I really, he goes, it's, it's one thing to communicate with other people that have been with you to war. He was like, but those aren't necessarily friends. He was like, yeah. they're, it's, it's different. It's like, you have, you have, uh, comrades, like people that you've been through the shit with, and obviously you're there for them, but they're not necessarily your friends because you don't necessarily have anything in common with them outside of what you what both experienced doing. together. Yeah. He was like, but I have history with you. I have, I have our childhood with you. I have all of these things and you've always been there for me. And the fact that you were, you know, I was able to just talk to you when I needed to, like, you know, he's, I don't know. It just, it was cool. It was cool to hear that. And that was one of my, I won't say my first experience of, feeling appreciated as a friend, mm -hmm. but it definitely feels good to be. And that's why I've always strived to be just a, a good friend above anything else. Um, but that was, he was a huge, is a huge part of my life, my history, just like Brandon is to you. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's crazy how much it affected looking back on it. It's crazy to think on how much it affected me and who I am and how, I mean, him and I used to sit in my room and play nutball. <laughs> like we'd sit there, put our feet together, sit face to face, make sure we were wearing basketball shorts that were loose fitting and we'd chuck a fucking racquetball at each other's nuts. I think you and I should do that now and not wear any pants or underwear. <laughs> that sounds fucking terrible. And I think we should lace each other, like our toes, like, like monkey hands, like go through each other's toes and hold on to them. Yeah. And then no pants and then just play nutball. I'd be down. Actually, we should have Chase and then try to do a three-way. We each get one foot, <laughs> interlace, and then multiple balls. Next time he comes but, to visit. <laughs> but to kind of bring it back to my my first thought about this was, it, it started out with culture, right? And it, it's it's uh, I was saying like you didn't grow up in a in a culture dominated by people who look like us, which generally coincides with growing up in a bunch of people that don't share as many interests, which it's not necessarily necessarily case, but it you is either adopt, you adapt, or you don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, people always find a way, right? If it's not at school, they'll find something online. Um, uh, for me, it's like too, as I did, I didn't have a computer really when I was a kid. Yeah. Did I, uh, aside from the little, the shitty slow computers that we usually had. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't have internet. It was maybe a few games on there that I enjoyed, but some things like where people in the last 20 years or so could actually go and have a, a community online that didn't exist. So I, I, you're kind of trapped a little bit to where you were. Yep. And, and I just, I wonder if that's, um, if that's ideal and if it's not, what's the fix for that? Or is, is internet fixed it? Like is internet fixed that problem because you can have a virtual experience with a community that suits your interest, even though you have to go to school with a bunch of people who, and they're not, they're not bad people. They're just people that you'd have no commonality with. You have no interest with. Like, I didn't know anybody. In, like, that's the thing. One of the first things you liked about me was that I liked country music. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things you put on. You're like, I, I could tell you're even testing me a little bit. You put it on when we were working and I'm like, fuck yeah. And we talked about it and you were like, yeah. And then from there, we just started burgeoning and seeing how many, how much we have in common. Right. And that, that didn't happen when I was in school, 
but I'm wondering if I just answered my own question, if that's, if the internet's is what is what's fixed that because now you can hop on and talk to some kid in fucking new Delhi who loves Toby Keith like you do. I don't know, you know because, because I think, I think there's certain aspects of the internet that has, that has reinforced the wrong things in people. Um, I think certain aspects of the internet have created an excuse for a lot of people to do things that they shouldn't do or do things that I'm not going to say like people that are different and do different things. Like you want to dress like a dog, man, like go for it. You know, if that's, if that's your gig, um, I'm not going to call you weird because yes, it's, it's out of what I would consider the norm, but what is the norm? You know what I mean? Nowadays, (laughs) nowadays there is no normal. So, well, I know I kind of, if you're getting at this, it's like, I mean, like I said, if somebody found in a community where they like to all dress up like a dog and they, mm-hmm. and they have, you know, they meet with each other once a year and then they talk online all the time. That's, that's fine. It's, it's kind of weird where, um, everything is being legitimized now. And that has been really, a, uh, the internet's been the fucking nuclear bomb for that because everyone's exposed to anything. But I, I would say that goes back to your own personal discipline, right? Like say, I think, go ahead. I think part of the issue, though, with that being a thing and finding all these communities and making, uh, making it so that all of these people have have a a way of like an outlet. Mm-hmm. It also, in doing so, became not okay to laugh at it. Because my whole life, I've been laughed at at one time or another for some dumb shit that I've done or been into or liked or whatever. Because, I mean, look at us. Like, the shit that we like or think is funny or or whatever is, by all means, dumb a lot of the time. Yeah, it's idiotic. It's silly. It's gross. It's... uh, But so many people are not... Are, are they're self-aware they know what they are who they are what they're into but they don't it they the, everybody's so butthurt about it mm-hmm. if somebody pokes fun at it like listen man if i'm poking fun at your shit it's because what you're doing's kind of funny because it's weird shit that's yeah. shit that's not normal for me is funny like if i'm looking at you and you're acting like a dog in a cage and you're wincing like a dog, I'm going to find it funny. Yeah. Because a crippled guy in a wheelchair getting face fucked by a naked midget. <laughs> it's, it's weird and hilarious. It's, and it's going to tell me to not laugh at that and quit being a fucking uh, bigoted of midget yeah. crippled love. You know, I don't think I, I just, because, because by laughing at it, by laughing at it, I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong. No. I'm not that's, saying that's, that's a I'm, good point. It, I'm, you, go ahead. I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong. I'm not saying what you're doing is something you shouldn't be doing or you can't do. I'm saying what you're doing to me is comical. Keep doing it. Well, kind of, it should go both ways, right? They're, if they're doing something that's that for, if you get 10 people in a room, nine are going to say that is fucking insane. Right. If all you're doing is laughing at it and saying that's weird, you know, it's like it kind of should go both ways. Okay, you should be able to let you should be able to let me laugh at it and say it's weird while you face fuck the midget 
or yes. the midget face fucks you. But here's the thing that, that I noticed that's weird. It's like, have you known people in your life that you've had honest, um, you were intentionally goofy. You said goofy things, just things, saying things just to be outrageous. And it had no merit of how you really felt about anything. And you just did it with each other just to make each other laugh. And then yes. those people now, you're noticing they're censoring themselves and they uh, don't want to engage with you anymore. It's It just seems so disingenuous because it's like when you use the word retard, you mm-hmm. know, everyone says now you're not supposed to use the word retard in a, you're not supposed to use a word pretty much, but it used to yeah. be, it used to be, no, you don't see a, don't call a, them a, retards. Yeah, you don't see a kid with a developmental disability and you go up to him and throw a stick of fucking butter in his dick and call him a retard. Right. You know, you don't do that. That's not nice. But when your fucking little brother trips on a fucking Fisher price phone <laughs> and he fucking hits his head on the corner of the table and he's not that hurt. You walk up to him and go, you fucking retard. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and that's, and that's the thing with these people that say you shouldn't say that. It's like, I feel like if you know each other that well, you know that that word being used is not coming from any place of, tr- of, of bigotry or, or hatred for a certain group. Nobody, nobody. It's a game. It's like it's a game now. It's it's not it's not true. It's like we, every somebody made these this uh, arbitrary list of no nos now that we've used forever, and now it's a game of who's who's going to just say, "Oh, this is ridiculous," and then when they say it's ridiculous, "Oh, we got you." Right. Yeah. It's just it's so it's not it's untruthful. It's not it's not real. It's it's um. It's almost evil because it's like you're you're you know you're manipulating people into uh, a, a box that they do not uh, sit in because laughing heals the world. Yeah. That's the thing w- when you were mentioning the, um, <laughs> I actually, I was the one who brought up the midget face fucking the cripple guy, <laughs> but that you, you, you kind of brought up a, a scenario where I'm like, you know what? The reason you laugh is because you're laughing is actually trying to make it okay. Out. Yeah. Outward, uh, like, the feeling of 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 it being despicable or gross and saying something negative or being that, embarrassed yeah i mean <laughs> that thing is our natural reaction to rid I, ourselves of misery if i walked out of 711 <laughs> and there was a crippled guy in a wheelchair and a midget standing on the fucking armrest face fucking him <laughs> i would probably <laughs> oh definitely laugh and probably start walking faster in the other direction yes that's all i would do and then it, and guess what and it would give me a story for the rest of my life that i would love see because- but here's the thing if you add me into the same scenario and it's you and i both walking out of a 7-eleven uh-huh. and there's a cripple guy getting face fucked by a midget I'd say, let's go to your truck and watch for a little bit. Yes. 100%. (laughs) I'm going to look at you and I'm going to look back over there and I'm going to be like, bro, let's go get some popcorn. Yeah. I need to know how this is going to end. Let's go back and get a hot dog and then we're going to go watch it in your truck until they're done. Yes. And then we're going to record on our phone everything we think of while we watch this. And that's silly, right? That's a silly thought, but that's how you and I think. We don't think of it as... uh, a fucking an abomination. I don't. I don't think. I don't even. Guys, I'm not even going to think of it as a gay act. I'm going to be like, there's the gay is overpowered so hard. 
No, well, I imagine. Okay, can I tell you <laughs> how I imagined it? Okay. If I was okay, and, and when my mind first thought of it, it was a crippled white guy with a shaggy blonde mullet. Okay. And a naked Mexican midget standing <laughs> standing on the armrest, face fucking him near like under a tree on the side of the seven eleven where there's like a little bit of a street light on them so you can see. I love it. Maybe a service dog tied to the wheel. I don't know. <laughs> to the wheel? Oh, yeah. okay. I thought he had a steering wheel for a second. I was like, <laughs> and then I was imagining like, you know, when kids have the little steering wheel in the car, like the pretend one. Yeah. So, and that's where I think all this, all this shit is just, it's, it's fake outrage. It's just, it's, it's, I, I can't even tell you what it is, why it's gone this way where everyone, everyone wants somebody to be evil. And I just don't think. I don't think that many people are evil. I just think a lot of people are dumb, if anything. And then a lot of people just want to be silly and say silly things and love each other. That's all. That's, all, that's the whole, what we do. We just want to say silly things with each other and enjoy each other's company. That's what the Guardians of Discourse is. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, we are pleased to introduce Donna Carlene. She's an author of the book, The Seduction of Lily Monroe, a historical romance novel. She's a great friend of Ben's, and we're delighted to have her here with us. Looks like she's... Howdy doody. Is she, Hello is she there. with us? She's live? She is. <laughs> are you there, Carly? Oh. Doing okay. How are oh, you, Carly? You I'm are. Vince. Yeah, I figured it out. I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> she got it handled. So what's up, guys? Man, not a whole lot. I want to say thank you for making the time and hanging out with us on our podcast. Absolutely. Now, how do you guys, how did you guys know each other? Oh, Carly, you want to take that? (laughs) (laughs) Because we're both geeks. uh, I met Ben playing World of Warcraft. uh, How many years ago, Ben? Oh, my goodness. It was, I'd say, 06, 07. Around that time, probably. Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah, like fifteen years ago, at least. At least, wow. yeah. And uh, man, at that time, we had a great group of people, huh? Good friends. In oh there. yeah, we did. We had a good raid group. Yeah, we were the. Uh, what? Oh my god! Don't tell me that you're going to shame me if I don't remember. The. Uh, oh my goodness, was it Doctors of Death? Very good. Yes. Oh, sweet. Nailed it. Doctors of yep. death. <laughs> Doctors of death. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, too bad. I never uh, got into I never got into WoW. That's unfortunate. I know. I you know what? It's it was one of those things that, you know, there was such a hype behind it and I never had a PC growing up. So when when I finally got around to getting a PC, it was already kind of like Something it was almost too past. it was almost too late cuz there's so much shit to do. But when you're when you're a worthless little pile of shit and you're kind of like, you know, starting out, everybody's like flying shit around you and like going to places. And I'm like, yeah, let me take the let me pay a donkey to fucking fly me there, you know. Mm-hmm. So well, then that's... it's kind of disheartening. And then and then even though you're playing with somebody that's like, yeah, bro, like I'm totally down to fucking level you up. 
It's like, yeah, but I know where you want to be right now. Like you want to be raiding and like doing end game shit. And I'm over here trying to grind to fucking 80. Now they lowered well, it, right? Because it used to be it used to be even higher. Oh, you, 120 was the highest level you could be. And I signed on and there was my 120 pally at 50. Yeah, because they they lowered the max level and made it 50 instead. You know what? I know your I know your feeling on that, but that's what that's why it was nice meeting people like Carly because she you ran different tunes that uh, had different levels at the time, or you were doing something else. So if yeah. I had a tune that was around your level, you would help me run and, and get my guy uh, up to snuff. So I, I, I still have, and I have a two person rocket that you could ride, ride fly with me. Oh, you can see that's how long I've been out of the game. I did not know you can ride two now. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, you refer a friend, and if they stay on for three months, you get a rocket built for two. Oh, see. You know what? It was just at that particular time. Brandon, too, um, who we played with together, Carly. For some reason mm-hmm. at that time, it was just it was something we needed, a camaraderie that we didn't have, that we were able to join and play the game. And we had a really, um, I don't want to, it sounds a little over the top, but it was just profound in our lives. Me and Brandon always go back to that and have such great I mean, nostalgia. I definitely, I definitely understand the camaraderie of video games because I mean, between the three of us, like we all know what it's like to have a group of people that you can actually like associate with and you all have a common goal and you have something to look forward to at the end of the day. And when, it, you know, pretty good judgment for you too, that I was, a part of it, it was it's it very rarely it seems like you can it's it's different now but you could go and be your nerdy self yeah. you know what i mean you yeah. can you can still get in with a good bunch of people but uh, back then of course doctors of death the majority of us were in illinois yeah and we used to get together like once a year for for uh, a lunch and hang out for a while and you could always tell the spouses that did not play because <laughs> you would talk like it was really happening you know like oh man i was in so and so the other day and did you see that statue there and and the spouses are looking at each other going what the hell are they talking about see that's it's what that's what dungeons and dragons is like you, you when you talk to your friends about a Dungeons and Dragons session, you're talking about it as if it actually happened. You're like, yeah. When remember when we went into that trolls camp and then it farted and like it smelled really bad and then we all had to roll a check <laughs> and it failed. And like all of a sudden we were dancing around the fire with the troll and he wanted to eat us. Like that kind of it just goes all over the place and you're and you end up just talking about it like it actually happened. And that's the beauty yeah. of all of these worlds. It's our shared war stories. Exactly, it's that we true. can't have. True. You know, as odd but as if, people might find that, it's, yeah. it is true. Yeah, but you know, if somebody wanted to come to WoW, there would be somebody there who would be very willing to just That's very true. Around. One thing, one thing that I have Absolutely. noticed about WoW versus most other communities is it's not toxic. Uh, there's a lot of communities now, like gamer communities, where everybody's just negative. And I mean, it's not like it kind of depends on it. Kind of depends on what realm you're on. I mean, oh, we've, really? we've got trolls there. Yeah, we've got trolls there. And 
Has that it, spiked? And, oh my, the... oh my God! We had such politics this year. It's like I come to WoW to get away from that crap. Are you, are you kidding me? That made its way into the game. All the shit that was going yeah, on this and, past and, year. In the, in the really? trade, in the trade talk, yeah. yeah. I mean, they would be fighting back and forth about who was the better leader of the country, and I'm like, <laughs> no, people, come on, this is a freaking game. I don't want to hear this shit. <laughs> you know what? That it's funny you say that. That's one thing I've noticed about this particular year and where we are with politics. It it's one of the few times actually it's the first time ever in my life I've noticed it's permeated everything. You know, there there are these escapes. That's usually why we, you know, we watch movies, we watch TV shows, we read books, and it seems like anything that's contemporary now if you go into it, it's it's swayed and and has a uh a narrative it's not just a, a legitimate escape anymore it's really unfortunate yeah i don't know if it's got to do with the age group or what maybe that's the, man it, you know you know what i felt like there was a little bit of that but it never it never took over our group at the time but i again i'm coming at it from like a i feel like a grandpa like back in my day but it's it's you know it changed a lot in that 15 years everything has it's weird Mm -hmm. but oh before i before i forget because this is something i really wanted to talk about because i was excited um i told you i just bought your book Mm -hmm. and i bought it on amazon which i hope was okay that's fine don't show it to the kids that's what i'm good okay now now what's the title of the book go ahead the title of the book is The Seduction of Lily Monroe, uh, set in the late 1800s in a Chinatown somewhere in a frontier town. It's kind of graphic in a couple places. That's yeah, because there was a, um, it actually started off intense in the first chapter. And uh, I am excited to continue reading it. There was, a, there was a term you used that I've never heard before. I had to look it up. And excuse me if I butcher it. Was it Pormento? Portmanteau? Portmanteau, yes. It's um that's what they called a valise or, or a uh, piece of luggage back then. Okay, yeah. I was when I looked it up, it almost made it seem like it was a big, almost leather clad suitcase. Yeah, um, it's like a carpet bag. Yeah. You know what? Uh I don't want to give away too much because I'd actually like people to to pick it up and it's it's always crappy to give away books, but it, it did start off uh pretty intense. So again, I'm not gonna read it out loud around the kids, but I wanted to ask you what, what, how would I put this? In a sense, these these books. I've only started this one you've read, but what are some uh, other items you've written? Because I saw that there was a selection, or maybe that it was a. Is this a, a trilogy or a continuation of a series with Lily Monroe? No, this is no. This is a standalone one timer. Standalone. Okay. Yeah. Uh made the mistake of asking my fans if they wanted me to uh deviate from the uh, two series that I already have out mm-hmm. and they chose historical romance. So, what's a what's a what's what's a brief synopsis of the story for Lily? Lily's father has died. She's 36 years old and being a young woman in the late 1800s, she has no say in her life. Her older son, or her older brother, tells her 
you got to get out of the house. We're selling it. We're selling everything in it. You take your personal things and you're going to go live with our sister who lives six days away by train. By train. Um, Lily makes the mistake of getting off the train and being uh, kidnapped by someone. She manages to get away and wanders into a little shop down in Chinatown. And, in, and she stays there to stay out of this other guy off this other guy's radar and it's just the uh, interaction between her and the shop's owner and his little uh little girl mm-hmm. and it just kind of goes from there and, she, and it uh it's a shake-up of everything that she as an upper class person of that time has learned through the years. It's just a shakeup of everything that she's ever known and ever learned in a whole new world for her. You know what? I And she gets fucked. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I was going to, I was going to ask, is yeah. there any sexy time in this book? By the title, I would That's say, I think I it would suggest Cause, it. Cause so as Ben knows, I, I tend to send him uh, graphic depictions that I write of me doing things to his butthole Usually, um, so he knows that like I, I'll book, probably then. love the book. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you I what, no what, doubt. something I like again liked about it in my delving into only the first chapter. You know what? Just some of the the content material and the way you wrote it or it was written. Mm-hmm. I was it was so nice to read that just be, because I know you. You're an extremely open and extremely caring and understanding person. But when it comes to the the idea of being offended, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but we mutually feel that if we're saying something to each other and we know it's in jest or play or just being creative, it can go it can go deep in some in some odd places. And yeah. and just some of the stuff I read, I was like, man, <laughs> nobody's writing stuff like this anymore. And it's so bad because it, it limits creativity. So I just want to say I've noticed I some am. of that in the short time, in the short amount I've I've read that I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And I like how it's being written. So so let me ask you this. Thank um, you. It sounds it sounds okay. like this isn't the the first book you've written, correct? You've had you have other ones as no. well. This is the sixth book that I've had published. Okay, so let I me have, ask you a I do, little yeah, bit. Yeah, the other two are our series. Oh, okay. So you have a series, and then this one's the standalone book. Is this the first one? Are you planning on, or are you thinking about doing a series for this one? No. No? Okay. No. Um, so in terms of publishing, writing books putting the books out there you it's one of those things like you can hear people talk about it um i remember i spoke to a client that i had one time um who had written a book and he was telling about telling me about what the book was about but to be perfectly honest i when when he was talking i cared more about the experience of making the book just because i mean writing is something that i love um so in terms of the process, is it an easy process? Is it a difficult process? Like, obviously, you write the book, and the process of writing it and 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 editing and all those things are one thing. But like, um, 
are publishing companies easy to deal with or finding one or do you have one that you go with normally like how does that work what how does the process work so you write the book and then what i hand it over to my editor at memory plus publishing and they take it from there really so it's just like that Uh, it's a it's a it's a very very small publishing company it's a case of not what you know, but who you know. Mm-hmm. That that got the uh, got my book started over there, and I'm now belong to a bunch of uh, self published writers, and it's really it's the way most most writers are going these days because the big houses, if you're not Stephen King or someone of that ilk, you don't stand a chance. Yeah. But as to the ease of writing, um, I have these little voices in my head. Yeah, oh yeah. And they tell me what to put out. We do too. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, for this one, there had to. I did a lot of research because, as uh, Ben pointed out, there, the wording had to be right for some of this stuff. Um, Speaking to like the 1800s time period. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the um, sexual contact, the the um, they didn't use rubbers back then, but they did have French letters. French letters, and they had hmm. French letters was what they called them Ooh, back boy. then, and different uh, other stuff. Uh, they didn't have the what is it? They uh, IUD, I think that yeah, they yeah. call it yeah. these the days. Control. They called it a. I call it the roadside bomb. <laughs> <laughs> They called it a poissant back then, and poissant. So you know. So I'm guessing. I'm I guessing to, some of these uh, these prophylactics came out of uh, France, 18th century France, mm-hmm. <laughs> just by the name. Very much I, so. I suppose. Now yeah. they didn't have rubbers. They had lambskin back then, right? Is that what the what was the exactly. what was the con? What did you call it? The French letter. French letter. French is letter. Is that just yeah. is that just like a like a lambskin condom? Um. Yeah, that's like calling a condom a rubber. It, it was, you know, it was for some reason instead of saying a condom, they would say French letter because it sounded better. But Makes then, me wanna... and then also, you know, I had to know how the uh, the house worked with, with the. Um, they did have a WC, a water closet, closet, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, and yeah. You know, that's one th- you mentioned earlier. I did not know this. So this, you're saying that this particular book with Lily, it was requested by readers, by fans, this, this, the type of, the type of material. And then your imagination just kind of took it and ran. Actually, I already had it written. I had a bunch of stuff back that hasn't been published yet. And I had five books out on the two series that I was doing. And somebody made a comment about, well, do you do any other genre? Like, okay, let's take a poll. Do you want science fiction, historical romance, or uh, fantasy? And most of them voted for the historical romance. And my nephew still won't tell me what he thinks of it. <clears throat> but I'll bet he got a big <laughs> shock out of what Nana wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I got to say too for those cuz cuz we're unfortunately only doing audio. Uh Carly just uh blazed up a cigar, so 
just want to let you know she's a boss she's the boss right now she's nailing it <laughs> she's definitely had, the boss yeah i had my first cigar on thanksgiving ever in my life and i enjoyed it so much uh this is a gurkha gurkhas are great cigars do not buy gurkha. them do not buy them real tail retail uh go to cigars international get on their on their uh mailing list uh-huh. gurkhas usually Gurkhas usually cost anywhere from eight to fifteen dollars a piece. Oh wow! One in my hand, so it, I'm holding. I I paid three fifty four. Holy shit! Okay, cigars so so it's cigars international, and the brand is Gurkha. Is it G I R K A? Gurkha. G U R K H A, just like the um, soldiers. Oh. Okay, I'm checking that out because I'm already. I was already prepping for Christmas. It, it was so good on Thanksgiving. It's definitely gonna be at the next holiday, <laughs> or for some of us, Yule. Look or on their clearance, Hanukkah. Uh, their sampler list. Clearance sampler. Okay. Uh, and I'd start, sampler. And I didn't mean to take what you're doing. I just noticed it, and I it's a it's a new affinity, so I had to point it out. That's okay, but they have a sampler of Gurkhas ten. Cigars for twenty seven fifty. This shit comes with a pack of five for thirty bucks. Oh, do you the, have it pulled the, up? The Gurkha Governor. It's got the the Gurkha Governor's private blend. Mm. Oh yeah, look at that. But if you get their uh, ten cigar sampler for twenty seven fifty, it's got ten different cigars in there. So it give you a, a chance of knowing which ones you might like. Where's where would that be under? Uh, samplers. Under, oh, right? samplers. Might yeah, be. I believe it's under sampler. It's it's got you got to roll down. They got a bunch of build samplers. your own, build your own mega sampler. Ooh, maybe we can. Uh, maybe we can if we have. Uh, are we running a our Instagram or a website yet, Vince? You know, uh, we don't have a website yet, but we can do an Instagram for sure. We okay. already have that. We can maybe link this because, like me, who is. I'm going to be a burgeoning connoisseur. It wouldn't be bad to share this with people. Yeah. Okay. But you can't you know smoke what, another cigar unless you're doing it at my house, bro. You got to come over here and do I it. I can make up. I'm okay, not cool. going to bogart you, man, with our experiences. Wow. These things are. So what in terms of, because you sound like you're pretty much a connoisseur of cigars by now. What um, if, if one was to get into cigar smoking as like a hobby? What would you say is kind of essential to it? Or is a humidifier something for sure to get, to go for? A humidor, I mean? I have I have a humidor, but I have this little plastic uh, thing in it that you put cigar like juice in it. Cigar juice? There's such a thing as cig- cigar juice. There's such a thing as cigar juice? Whoa. Yes. What? Well, what, what is, it, is Carla? What, what would you say the use you is? See my for... little. Yes. Do you remember back when they used to have these little uh, jelly-like rocks that you could put in your flowers, and if you put water in them, they swell up. Yes. And yes. Then, yes. Okay. This is the same idea. This is, um, but if you put this cigar juice in it, it's called Humacare, Humacare cigar juice. 
and you can get it there on CI. This little thing will keep 50 cigars uh, properly uh, humid, I guess I could is what I want to say, so, fresh. for a month. Yes. Oh, because they'll have a tendency to dry out. Well, yeah, you're supposed yeah. to put, put them in a humidor, but that little thing that you're talking about sounds really cool. It is the nicest thing. I put that in my humidor, and I fill it up once a month. And it's a lot easier than, than trying to use the distilled water and trying to figure out what have, have I put in too much? Have I not put in enough? Do I need more? So Very easy to take care of your cigars. So I found this one that's the Gurkha Beauty and the Ava Maria Immaculata for 35 bucks. Comes for 10 cigars. Assuming that's five Gurkhas. Are the Ave Marias, the Ave Marias, are those good cigars? My husband likes those. Okay. Now, in in terms of the different tastes, is there anything to look for that you particularly like? Or maybe even something that your husband likes different than you? Are are Um, they like pipe tobacco where they can be spicier than others? You can get some that has a a pepper blend in it. Uh, yeah. I'm partial to coffee-infused. Ooh, that sounds and good. Okay, I'm, with, I'm like, all about that. <laughs> that sounds like my lane as well. That yeah. sounds really good. Okay, yeah, so... I have some uh, coffee-infused nubs coming in the mail that I'm <laughs> okay. for. Okay, what's a, what's a nub? What's a nub? <laughs> okay. Aside from what I have in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a little bitty cigar. Oh. It's just like the last back last end of the cigar that's supposed to be the best part oh. of the cigar. Those Whoa. look like what Schwarzenegger it's, smokes. It's a little chode gar. <laughs> <laughs> and it and it's called a nub. And there's uh oh the double Maduro. If you like a dark cigar. The double Maduro is great. Double Maduro. Who makes that one? That's the brand. Nub is the brand. Nub. Nub. Nub is the brand. In what a UV. great name. Isn't it though? Yeah, you can't yeah, come up with stuff better than that. I think that's. I'd if that might be the only time I'd suck on a nub. Yeah, if Ben, if ben and I made a fucking cigar, it would be called Nub <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, like, I think those look like bullets. I like the darker cigars. This one is a black puro. Okay, okay. So what? What's the difference in taste for the the dark versus the light cigars? Because the Gurkha in this little starter pack is a light a light roll or light paper. If you're just starting out, that's better for you. Hmm. Got it. Because it's because. Cigar smoking is something that you have to kind of work your way into. When I was a kid back on the farm, we used to steal my father. You know how most kids would steal their uh, parents' cigarettes? Well, we were farmers, so my father smoked a cigar. Hmm. Cigars don't smolder like cigarettes. If if you're not actively puffing on them, they'll go out. So they're safer around like hay and stuff. Oh. So it's more so, of a pr- yeah. like a practical use why a farmer would smoke on those. Right. That's why most uh, farmers either smoke a pipe or smoke a cigar. Hmm. 
Because oh, a, c- a cigar is even more of a bitch to keep alive than a cigar is, yeah. or a pipe is. Yeah. I would think, yeah. Yeah, I would just stay away from cigarettes. Anyway. That's how my great-grandfather died, was a cigarette, uh, and he fell asleep in a chair. Yeah, I, 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 smoked, I smoked cigarettes for eight years, and I don't, I don't miss it. I'm just kidding. I miss it all the time. Don't do it. I can understand. <laughs> but you know, there was, I don't know, the brand I saw that my brother gave me at Thanksgiving was called an Alameda. And I don't know if that's a local or anything, but it it seemed like it was more of a, a bronze, lighter colored cigar. Didn't it wasn't mm-hmm. harsh. It wasn't harsh at all. And it smoked very nice. And it it gave a that, that's a thing I didn't know too. It actually it'll it's a a calming effect or a mood enhancer. It does it does have an effect on you. And, it will, yeah. Yeah, what I noticed is I just got it was a friendly demeanor and a very laid back demeanor, which I enjoyed. Now, in terms of they say profile, we've got Gordo. Oh no, Gordo is shape. Never mind. Yeah. The different shapes, Robusto. <laughs> is that just the shape of the cigar, literally? Gordo like you, nub. You just because like they have these that are like super pointy. I think it's called the Churchill torpedo. Yeah, it looks like that's just no. That the torpedo is the is the is the the pointy one. Like this one had a little point yeah. on the end, and because mm. it's shaped kind of like a torpedo or a yeah. Never mind. So which one is that? That's the Gurkha. <laughs> what? We know where you're going with that. Ooh, here's a thing. Here's a thing too about tobacco, which I've I'm sure most huh. people who've been on the internet have have read that tobacco can act as a nootropic, so a, a mental stimulant. Do you tend to write and smoke? Sometimes. Sometimes. It never. Yeah. Uh, a, do you have like a a ritual, or is it just whenever, when it, wherever, whenever? When, whenever, wherever. That's that's the problem with being a pantser. I, I am not disciplined at all. <laughs> what was that term you just used? Pantser. Pantser. I'm taking that yeah. as a German German war vehicle. I don't know why. Because <laughs> a Panzer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. There's there's two. Well, there's actually three kind of of writers. There's the planner. He's got his outline all done, all done, and he follows it. And there's there's the planster. They they plan something, but then they go by the seat of their pants sometimes. Mm. And then there's the writers like myself who go totally by the seat of their pants. I might have the <laughs> idea for a story, but it's not gonna it's not gonna get to where I originally thought. It's going to be I all see. different because my characters talk to me and say, I would never do that, you, you <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> How fucking dare you assume I would say something like that? Yeah, well, they're my characters, so of course they're going to talk like that. Oh, yeah. That was always some of the best part of WoW was just uh, Carly's retorts and banter. <laughs> That's fantastic. I've only gotten worse with age, too. <laughs> Well, no, she she doesn't get worse. She gets better every time I speak with her. There's a Chancellor Antique Tower Humidor, three thousand oh, cigar capacity for thirteen. <sighs> this one's three grand. You're a gangster mm-hmm. if you have one of those propped up in your <laughs> oh, in your yeah. library. The Czar Cigar Bar. <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen, listen, man. We're doing something big when you have Um, this thing. No, Ben, this Friday is the Drunken Rant. Oh, Is is it something we can discuss? Is it okay? Oh, yeah. What the fuck is the Drunken Rant? Okay. Okay. My husband used to work for the state of Illinois, and he has a strange sense of humor. Okay. He was uh, he was IT for State of <laughs> Illinois Rehab uh, Department, and he would send out you know letters to or emails to everybody and to tell them how to do something or how not to do something, and he'd say it in a humorous way. Well, evidently, some people got uh, offended by the way he did this. Was it professional? Um, so he had a secret email group to the folks who weren't offended. <laughs> and af- after he retired, he started up Uncle Carl's secret humor group. And at the beginning, it was mainly those people that he had sent that letter to. And rule number one is you can't be offended because if you are, your ass is out of there. Right. That was, that was the, the prerequisite I had to meet. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, he started doing his own show. Well, he made the mistake of having me on one time and they said, Oh, you got to have Aunt Donna back. Got to have Aunt Donna back. Well, I think it's because they sit there and count, how many times I say the word fuck? Because <laughs> we're smoking, they, have, we're, we're drinking. I was going to say, has anyone turned your uh, banter into a drinking game yet? Do you know if it's happened? Uh, not a, well, yeah, one night, <laughs> Carl's like, every time one of us cusses, we have to take a shot of whiskey. And that was the one night that Aunt Donna needed help. <laughs> getting going, getting up and, and leaving the office because uh, I bet the last twenty minutes of that show was just pure gold. <laughs> Ew, yeah, I guess so. I don't remember. Too much of it. <laughs> hey, at least you got it on tape. Man. Oh, no, yeah, no, I'm no. definitely because I'm I'm new to that. I'm new to that, so I I plan on attending and and seeing what transpires. In fact, I've got a seahorse with me tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what a seahorse is? Uh, an aquatic insect. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's Coca-Cola with Sailor Jerry's spiced rum. Oh, Sailor Jerry's is a very good rum. I had a friend of oh, mine yeah, that's parents you know used it? to drink it exclusively. Yes, I do know it. We started drinking it because it was less expensive than Captain Morgan, and we kept on drinking it because not only was it better, but it was more alcoholic. Yeah. Uh you know how the Captain Morgan uh, commercials, they had one where the guys would have their leg up like Captain Morgan did? Mm-hmm. Well, Sailor Jerry's will make you do that, only you're going to find yourself on your neighbor's roof with your foot up on his chimney going, where the hell did my clothes go? <laughs> Why is my dick in the chimney? Yeah, I was going to say, and your dick <laughs> hanging down. Well, I've never had that trouble, but... <laughs> Oh man. You know what? It's a, uh, I actually, uh, Brandon was, I think the first one to turn me onto that particular brand. And then I got all into it because I think the, there's a, there's a sailor Jerry style of tattooing as well. That's I think ba- based off the very guy. I don't know it, how, it's very yeah. classic. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it always seemed a little bit more, more 
stout and spiced. I always enjoyed it. My dad and I usually would take shots every now and then right before hitting the hay. Yeah. I actually might speak. You were talking about eggnog earlier events that I might yeah. mix, mix some eggnog and sailor Jerry's come Christmas time. That's a good day. I'm surprised you don't like eggnog that much. Yeah. Do you like, do you like eggnog Carly? It's okay. Are you, a, are you a holiday person? Are you big into holiday festivities? This is, this is okay. If you start going into this, I'm going to get happy. <laughs> You are. <laughs> yes. Well, because uh, you're the only one who's ever I am sent not a me Christian. Uh, cards for Yule. Yeah. Yeah. I've act- but you've actually sent me. Ho- uh, it's okay to call it holiday cards because it's still, I, I assume, a holy day. It's still a holiday. Yes. It's, it's mm-hmm. still a holiday. Uh, the the 12 days of winter are coming up. Mm hmm. Sure. And there's, and, uh, yep. And I, there's poems to be said. Um, Usually in in honor of of the the twelve days, and it's usually kind of at points of positivity, from what I've I've read. Things almost yeah. grateful for, happy for. Well, nine nine of the days are for the nine noble virtues. You know, we me- we remember discipline, which, the, like I say, the one thing I'm not good at. <laughs> uh, hospitality, we you know. We remember that uh, being brave does not always mean you have no fear. Sometimes it means you have fear, but you go ahead because you have to do what you have to do. Um, it all starts with Mother's Night, which Modrana. You... And so now, for those for yeah. those that don't know, you are speaking about like Norse paganism, correct? Exactly. Okay. All we right. call it as, we call it Asatru. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Continue. Uh, Mother's Night is uh, just basically you you um, you're honoring all the female ancestors who came beforehand. Because unlike what most people think, the Vikings were not uh, male dominated. Women had ever had uh, every bit as much right, and uh, the elder, older the woman, the more rights she had. They were. Not strictly matriarchal, but they were pretty much equals. Yeah, I remember re- re- I've, I can never verify what I read, but it just passes on the internet. They were one of the few cultures at the time that women were allowed the, the right to own property. A lot of Get egalitarian. A divorce. Yeah. yeah, right. You know what? Speaking on that, because we talked about that a lot, because I, I really got was it into the same way. Was it the same way for Native Americans? Because the, the women, you know they what? Didn't, it's hard. It's hard really to say Native, own anything, but it's hard I, to say Native Americans though, because within different tribes was different practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's what I was going to say. Because I read, unfortunately, some of the research I've done on on the tribe I'm part of, which is the West Coast tribes of the of of this nation. I think they're they're speaking because uh, they always classify them by the the languages. It was Athabascan. Uh, women were, I don't think, thought highly of at all. They were usually the beasts of burden. If they were, as everybody the first to go hungry, it was them, um, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But, you know, there's there's tribes throughout the United States where women could have been the leaders. They could have been chiefs themselves. So it's it's really hard unless you're a scholar on it to know. Anyway, whatever, oh, whatever oh, you were saying before. <laughs> yeah, my, sorry, I just took you over. I got sensitive there. It was my. It was. Okay. It's Thanksgiving. I'm on. No. <laughs> uh, 
the uh I'm still feeling yeah. a little bit emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking corn. Um so with uh Asatru, you got me heavily into it to where I I partook. So I'm not I've never been somebody that's given myself all to an ideology. But what I do enjoy is the is the cultural practices. I've always it, it might sound odd, but I like cultural practices that stem from my my personal almost ethnicity because I feel like they're not it's not represented as well. And it has nothing mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with if I think anyone's better than anyone else. It's just it seems to speak a little bit more to me. Um and one of the things going through this that I it was odd to to see and as I age I notice I become more tolerant of of the religious ideologies because I feel like as you go through life you you end up seeing that well just life in itself is ridiculous so why wouldn't these ideas be just as validated as our life you know uh, True. but one of the weird things with Christianity specifically was it's I've met some really nice people that uh, adhere to the Christian faith and this is just my it could be any faith that feels this way but this is my experience it was it, it's a real disregarding attitude with the pagan the European pagan religions it's you know it's 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 Jesus did this and he's great which he was you know and but if you were to believe in some of these mono or uh, uh, poly, is it polytheistic, multiple gods, that right. that um, there's something odd about your your belief system, and I just I find that very very strange that you can't you can't uh, throw out some more lines of of imagination and, and stick to one, you know, if you know what I mean. Well, do you know Christianity? A Christian is the only religion that automatically assumes that everybody else is a Christian. If they meet somebody new and there's not something about their appearance that tells them, oh, this is, this is that religion, they'll automatically assume you're a Christian also. Is And again, I'm not, neither of us are, are bad mouthing it. It's just, it's, it's, it, it is odd. Um, like I talked to a coworker of mine who's very devout in Christianity. It's, uh, it's, it's one of the most open religions too, that I've seen just on, on, on the surface. It's because it, I know with Judaism, you have to almost be invited into the, for lack of a better term, the sect. You can't just say I'm going to become, uh, Jewish. And, and then all is kind of right in between. Right. Yeah. So you have to almost be brought into the fold with Christianity, so, like, Protestantism, all the the what's the word I'm looking for the the lines of of the faith of Christianity. You can pretty much immediately call yourself that and adhere to the tenets, and you'll be accepted. That's probably because they want you to be part of their part of the, of the uh, sect. Um, I had an uncle who was a Church of Christ minister told his own little baby sister, my mom, that she was going to hell because she was a Methodist. That's a little extreme. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Wow. You know what? I just, you, you say that now I just wrote, I don't know if you saw it. I wrote, I was crying while taking a shit this morning. And the reason I was is because (laughs) 
I, I had this over I, my, my, my newborn son was laying on the bed and I saw him just as I went to the bathroom and I had these overwhelming thoughts of love and also darkness to it. Um, and I wrote this little passage. You could, everyone could check it out later if they're my friend on there. And it just had to do with, you know, we know nothing aside from our own love for each other. And to me that, that should be enough for anyone. And it's so weird to think with these such odd beliefs that you would infringe upon a little kid's mind and heart like that. It, it just, it's, it's the ugliest thing to me is, is abusing a child that way. Mm-hmm. I never would. I, yeah, I never I would think to do I that. I definitely prefer to abuse you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Abusing Ben's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. It is. Um, <laughs> no, when I first uh, reconverted to uh, Asat Asatru, um, I was first like, "I can I do this because I'm not." I thought I was German and French, and a couple years ago, I had the opportunity. I'm an adopted child. I had the op- opportunity to have a DNA test done for free. My heritage handed out fifteen hundred free DNA tests to adopted people. And I was one of the lucky ones because they got like over a hundred thousand applications for this and come to find out I'm not at all German or French Mm. or even English. I am like almost half Scandinavian. And I'm like, okay, now this is starting (laughs) to make some sense. And the other almost half is, uh, Celtic, it's Irish, Scotch, and uh, Welsh, just almost uh, equally. And then there's that 11% Italian. What the? I I kept telling everybody my Viking people were the ones that went to the Mediterranean. And raped everybody. Carly, Carly's like, why do I like pillaging and eating meatballs? <laughs> why, yeah. <laughs> why do I like fucking Italian guys so much? The fuck? Ugh. Vince is Vince is uh, of of large Italian extraction. If that's You'd the right call, word, you I could know. call it half. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's really funny is that um, I have an ancestral ghost who's with been with me all my life. Okay. Wait. And. That's first right. of all, that's dope. Um, what's what what is this ancestral ghost, and how do I get one? He's always been with me. Okay. He's always been with me. I've I've seen him, I've heard him. Wow. Um could it be an ancestor I've, in your mind? Well, I've t- actually huh. conversed with him using dowsing rods. Okay, I was going to say how did you converse with him? Uh yeah, by using just you know, all you can do is yes and no questions, but I Did had you asked, have to research it before you did it? No. Oh, okay. No, you just well, you know, when you're into supernatural. I guess, I, I guess what I'm asking. Oh, okay, so you're into the supernatural before this moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. I myself was was a fan of the paranormal uh, at one point in my lifetime, and I would say I'm still fascinated by it. I, I wouldn't. I. I don't. I would say that I believe in it. I believe that there's definitely things out there that. Uh, like for instance, the uh, 
gosh, what is her name? The lady from The Conjuring. Um, she was a medium. I can't think of her name. Hold on. I'm gonna fail uh, you on this. I have no clue. I have I no clue either. Side. Lorraine Warren. <laughs> so Lorraine, Ed, and Lorraine Warren. Uh, they were the movie The Conjuring was based on their true experiences, basically hunting. Oh, okay. Not necessarily hunting ghosts, but yeah, hunting ghosts. She was a medium, so she would help people that were being invaded by these really, really bad creatures or entities, I should say. Um, and she has all of these uh, objects that are possessed, uh, demonic possessions or otherwise, that are basically she has in a museum at her house. And she keeps them there because she wants to make sure that they're not out in the world. They're the, basically these, these terrible, terrible things, like really bad, like one of which is Annabelle, which is they also made a movie about Annabelle, but um, very dramatized, of course. The Annabelle actually looks like a Raggedy Ann doll, um, but she has them in a glass case. And it's literally sitting there and they had to change cases at one point. They had a couple priests there. They were moving her with gloves and they were doing it all like, but these things are so evil that they just cause people to do horrible things or have caused horrible things to happen or whatever. Um, Ed and Lorraine are both dead now. And so mm -hmm. the, the house is basically left there to the kids, I think it was. And it used to be a museum, and I don't think it's open anymore because obviously. But you think about things like that being out there in the world. This is my tangent about the paranormal. But those things being out there in the world and how, you know, those things can be causing issues or what have you. Yeah. But I've always been super fascinated by those things. And so I'm sure there could be either evil, negative, or even. Uh, Good relics, you know, depending yeah. on, yeah. on absolutely. Circumstances. And um, I've, what's I've possessed, had what's holding, yeah, yeah. And I've had, I've had one experience in my life personally with, um, using I call it a wee wee board, but using a a, a Ouija board, <sighs> and it was, it wasn't, it wasn't good by any means. Uh, I was definitely, you know. 19 years old and we were just yeah, i mean fuck we did it, we, fucking we, around because that's what they're that's it what wasn't really I, I wouldn't call it fucking <laughs> around anytime you use a ouija board you're fucking around like i don't care what anybody says like you use a ouija board you're just asking for shit but mm -hmm. we uh we used to do it up like we would put the salt ring around us and light the candles and say hello and goodbye and like follow the rules you know what i mean don't do a drunk don't do it um and I remember there was this time and we we were talking to the the entity and it was saying that it was a kid and we did the th the we finished up and nothing was really going on. Um and we did it on Halloween or All Hallows Eve. Um my my ex girlfriend at the time, she was a pagan, so uh Wiccan. Um we were sitting in her bedroom and we did the salt thing. She lit all the candles. And one of the candles was sitting on top of a little glass like dish. It looked like kind of like a bird bath. And we were sitting there talking to it. And it was a bunch of it. It was probably like four girls, two guys. And we're all just kind of sitting in the circle talking to the board. And then um, it says, it says, it spells out girl. And then 
I'm like, I'm like, what what does that mean? And then it says angry. And I'm like, that's not good. And uh and then I was like, Are you saying that you don't like girls? And it was like, Yes. And then I was like, Okay, well, you're you know, they're on here. So like you're gonna and then it said angry again. And so then we said goodbye, right? And so then I was like, Okay, I'll go on there by myself. And so I was like, This this is where I'm like, oh boy. So I get on there, two hands on the thing, going in, and I'm like, I'm like, are you uh it's just me? And it's like, it's like, okay. And then I'm like, is it okay if I get on with one of the girls again? And then it spells out kill. And then I'm like, that's not good. So I I said goodbye. <laughs> and as soon as I say goodbye, the little dish, the glass dish snaps in the corner of the room. And I was like, oh shit. And everybody started freaking out, right? And I'm like, um, I think we should just not do this tonight, guys. I think we should uh, leave this alone, right? So the next day, funny enough, because my buddy and I were obsessed with it, the other guy that was with me, my buddy Anthony, we are at um, a friend of ours' house, and we again were doing a Ouija board, and we were talking to the same entity. Now, mind you, I thought it was cool because I was like, wow, we're getting the same one. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is pretty cool. And we asked, this is when we asked its name, and we asked a bunch of things, and then, um, you know, weeks later, Anthony started experiencing some pretty bad things happening. And so when him and I would talk about it, we would always say the name of the entity. And so we were basically, every time we would do it, something bad would happen, or we would start noticing things going on, or bad thoughts, or whatever, and so then after a period of time, him and I were like, okay, we never say the name again. Like we can never say the name ever again in reference to it, period. And so from then on, we've never said it. Like we will never say it because for whatever reason, it was following him around. It didn't follow me. It followed him. And it was just, it was all bad. So long story short, um, that's super cool you have an ancestor with you which would be wicked well, cool because you know it's protecting you i didn't i didn't mm -hmm. i did you elaborate on that yet no so what okay, I, was I, was, gonna, I was confused yeah okay after my long-winded answer i was gonna get back to her and that was a great so horrifying story though you have always <laughs> felt like something was with you before so now have you been pagan most of your life you said you re you reconverted no. back 20 years now. So, okay, so now were you pagan previously and then you left the religion for a different one or were you just non-belief non filled I was, and then went back to I it? I was brought up, uh, brought up Methodist okay. and just not comfortable with it. Sure. And was intro introduced to uh, As a True through a friend online how, on, on uh, AOL. How old and, were you at that time? mid 30s okay okay so pretty i mean fairly into adulthood you know mm -hmm. okay okay so found somebody joined up all right so now at this point you're already 30 years old have you already felt a presence your whole life at this point or did you start feeling the presence after this 
Well, pretty much all my life. You'd hear okay. a noise that, that you, you know, you don't go, okay, that's a floorboard, that's this. Okay, it's got to be George. And we, for some reason, started calling him George. <laughs> hey, okay, okay. And then... Uh, that's a good name for We have... Uh, yes, friendly. We have a... Um, I'm from Danville, Illinois, home of Jerry and Dick Van Dyke. And hey, we yeah. have a theater that... Uh, they used to be that they used to uh, appear in that uh, they've been restoring and mm, it's been about 10 years since the last ghost ghost hunt but they would bring in uh, ghost hunters and use that as a fundraiser these guys would spend mm. a couple nights and then people would pay 10 bucks to go in and go through and oh we this happened here and that happened there. Well, I was there one time and this one says, I'll bet you can, you know how to use dowsing rods. And I'm like, well, yeah, I used to douse water all the time on the farm. So he gives me to him and I'm asking questions according to what they had found out, not getting any answers. And then this feeling came over me and I'm like, are you the entity that I called George at home? And they just immediately went crossed for yes. Wow. Now there, there's no way that you can manipulate these dowsing rods because they've taken the handles off of jump rope and put the wire in them. So there's no way that you can move your hand around and move it because they're loose inside there. Sure. Plus, and, they, and this is one thing I've told people too, is like, when you're, when you're a believer, it's not about making other people believe. It's, it's about confirming your belief with yourself. But on top mm -hmm. of that, you, you're, you're not, you're not out to prove anything. Like you just want, you, you want it to happen, which I guess would be a reason to, to, to fake something. But if you're true about it, like I am, when something's actually happening, I want to be surprised by it. I don't need to lie. That's not entertaining to me. What's entertaining is actually having the moment, experiencing the moment as it is. Like I'm actually using Ouija board and it's moving without me moving it. I don't care what anybody says about this bullshit. Like, oh yeah, if you, uh, it's like a subliminal movement that kind of crap mm. no dude that shit was moving i was holding it it was moving by itself so don't say shit like that because that shit's not true anyway continue so there's no way you could have moved the dowels yeah so you know i had a small conversation and and told him well you know i'm, I'm glad you're here but these people are not here to see to uh to talk about you because you don't live in this theater they want to know about the other entities that are still here. And I couldn't, and I, you know, I gave the dowsing rods to somebody else and they pointed it directly back to me. Hmm. And it ended up, I had to ask the questions, but he would not let me talk to the other entities, but he would answer for me, for me, right. For them. And so I made my own dowsing rods at home and I've, you know, talked to him since. And after I found 
had the DNA test, I'm like, well, are you, are you my Scandinavian ancestor? And he says, no. Because they wide open. I'm like, okay, let's go through Irish, no. And I'm like, 11%. Are you the Italian? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. Yes, and Italians are strong, man. We'll come back and in the I'm afterlife. Like, Does that mean I should call you George's yes? And it went, no. <laughs> Just almost violently. Like, it's hey, like, okay, we'll... hey, Yeah, okay, it's, it's still George. But, so, yeah, have you, so and it's only yes or no questions, but have you, uh, this is something I would probably do if I got bored, but I'd probably run through like a name generator. Just be like, hey, is this your name? Is this your name? Is this your name? Your Just name? holding the rods and <laughs> have a mouse with your big toe. Well, I I asked him once, do you like that I call you George? And he said yes. So I'm, oh, I'm going to do go. that. But uh, the first time I saw him, I was home alone in the bathroom of the of the master suite. And I thought I saw my husband go by in the mirror. And I turn around because it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, turn around to say, what are you doing home? And there was no one in the bedroom. And they would have had to have gone by me again in order to leave that room. And there was nobody there. I'm like, hmm. okay. And I've heard him call my name. Uh, when I knew I was all alone. I'd hear my husband's voice call me Donna, or, and uh, Ben will remember Ron, I would hear Ron's yes. voice calling me Carly, and neither one of them would be there. Wow. So that's, that was really strange. Now, you know now, do those things, do those things startle you when that's happening, or are you pretty much good now? Um... Because that shit would freak me really out. I don't fast. care if I know that there's somebody there. I'm that's gonna scare the shit out of me. Maybe that's why it's just subtle, like walking by. Yeah, you know, but little, dude, like, little, hey, no, dude, they can't just on. burst out of the closet and go, Donna. Yeah. I understand, <laughs> but like Ben, if that was you, bro, you, oh man, I don't care if you know that whatever's there is good or not. You're freaking the fuck out. Oh yeah, you know what? I've it's. Carly, it's funny you you say it that way because I I've never looked into it too much, but I've always felt like, in random times, usually by myself, I'll hear just "Hey." Yeah, that's me. Yeah, never, never my, never really my name, not Ben, not, you know, it's always just like "Hey." Yeah, it's me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm in your house. <laughs> you have beans. <laughs> yeah. I'm always in your house. I don't know why you think I live. I live in your attic. How, you know what, Carly, how do you feel about the idea of, because I, I, out of the two, I'm very interested in it, but probably out of the two of you have had least the least amount of paranormal experience. But what do you guys think about just the idea of, of trauma or joy going through, like, like the concept of a haunted house? Like a lot of people think a house or a place that gives off bad vibes because throughout its history, it's had bad things happen there. And it's not necessarily the entities itself. It's just the energy of negativity or the energy of positivity. I think that, that, 
if you watch Amy Allen on The Dead Files. I'll write that down. Amy Allen? Yeah, The Dead Files is the name of the show. Very interesting how okay. sometimes it's not even the house, but it's the land that has been cursed. If if I if I recollect either either it's if it's the land that was cursed specifically, it was usually cursed by an entity, um, or in in life it was cursed somehow. But a but, lot of the times, based on the death and how the death occurred or what the what the person was experiencing at death, the energy that is released when the spirit leaves them whether that be through anger or joy or otherwise, leaves a lasting impression on the location. Mm -hmm. And that energy, because energy cannot be created or destroyed, matter can't be created or destroyed, but you can't destroy energy. It has to go somewhere. And in that case, it stays in the location. Mm -hmm. And that's why entities are basically energy is all they are. And uh, mostly if you find a, a... Land that's cursed is because there's been a lot of bloodshed on a lot of battles fought. Sure. Just that that lasting impression. Yeah. You know, what, when not, they refer to an impression, they're talking about the energy that's left there. Usually, yeah. My parents had a a really eerie happens. I think when my so my my eldest brother was born in 1977, and I believe my dad was working up in Eureka, which I, yeah, you're probably not familiar, Don. It's almost to Oregon. It's in the northern part of California. I know, I know where it's Very, it uh, yeah, all like Humboldt County area, big redwoods. And uh, he was working, and my mom went and visited him with my brother while he was a baby, and they ended up staying in this cottage uh, behind this guy's property. And I don't remember them saying the guy was off or weird or anything like that, and they didn't have any odd feelings, but they said as soon as they put my brother down, they both hopped into bed, and within 30 seconds or a minute, and they didn't communicate with each other. They both said, do you feel that? And I guess they both were, it's overwhelming doom was about to happen to them. They both had that feeling of something extremely terrible was about to happen. And so they, they got up right there in the middle of the night and they headed out. And I, I think my dad, when he went back there and worked uh, again, he, he kind of asked around because it was so profound to them. And I guess that region was, there was a huge slaughter of Native Americans where they were pushed from the mountains to the coast and they were just lit up and slaughtered there. And that's really the only evidence of something terrible happened in that area. Could maybe, who knows, maybe that guy was a serial killer. They were picking up on that, but I just thought that was weird that they weren't communicating with each other and they both had that exact same feeling of imposing doom. It also shows how in sync with each other that they were. That's a good point too. Yeah. Especially yeah, kind of like me and Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Ours is different. You're, you're texting me. You, you text me like you got a shit right now, right? Yeah, like, yeah. No, I text you. I text you and I'm like, Hey dude, what's up? And you're like, man, I'm pooping. You called me right at the right time. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know you're pooping. That's I like, I, I like six cents for some I've noticed in this episode, a lot of emotional or significant times in my life happen when I'm on the toilet. I didn't realize this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been known to me now. 
Oh, well, Carly, thank you so much for taking the time and hanging out with us and helping us uh, with our podcast and chatting with us and just, you know, sharing yourself with us. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Well, you're very welcome. I enjoy doing stuff like this. It was a pleasure. As do we. I'm going to get, maybe if, if, uh, I don't know, Vince, how prolific you are on Facebook, but maybe we could talk to Uncle Carl and he can sign you up if you promise to uh, not be offended. And we we can watch this Friday's episode. Ben, I believe you have the uh, ability to invite him to the group. Oh, I'll be Oh, okay. I just, see? I think. I'm a person. I'm a person goes... of note. Then <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Bye, Carly. We'll see you around. Bye, bye, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Guardians of Discourse. If you haven't already, be sure to drop us a follow or subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Music, as well as Anchor.fm/slash Guardians of Discourse and Instagram at Guardians of Discourse.